Koinonia, Christian fellowship, communion with God and with fellow Christians. Koinonia, an association of people who share common beliefs and activities. This is Koinonia. This is Community. And now, your host, Tom Brown. Hey, everyone. This is not Tom Brown. I'm filling in for Tom Brown today. My name is Lance Rahoff. And welcome to Faith Talk 1360. I think we have an amazing show for you today. As you're driving around town or maybe listening at home on your audio device, whatever it is, I think you're going to really enjoy hearing from not only a really great friend of mine, but a man of great faith, a man who um, I've done a long journey with in life. And he was in my wedding. We've done ministry together. And I'm going to introduce him in just a minute. But first, I just want to say, um, how about this monsoon season? It is, um, I think the monsoon season is one of the most exciting seasons of the year outside of Christmas. I got to put Christmas in there. And the reason is, I think about meteorologists in Phoenix, and I think, what do you really do as a meteorologist for 11 out of 12 months out of the year in Phoenix, except for wake up and say it's going to be sunny and either hot or beautiful? But during the monsoon season, you get up. It's kind of like the Olympics for a meteorologist, I think. And I just think like every day I go, what can happen? The storms, the rain, it's all awesome. So I'm loving this time of year. And um, with me in the studio is a great friend of mine. His name is Mike Olson. And uh, Mike, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Mike Olson, a great friend of Lance's (laughs) for quite a long time, like you said. Uh, been in the Valley uh, for about 42 years, so I feel like a native and excited to be here today, Lance. That's great. Well, Mike, um, I mean, I was just going through earlier today the kind of the list of, honestly, accomplishments. I think they're accomplishments. You've done a lot um, in all the time that you've been here in Phoenix. And um, one of the things, I guess I should just back up first a little bit and say, um, here's how our journey is to this date is I was born in Lubbock, Texas, grew up, went to the University of Texas at Austin. And uh, then I came out here in 1994 and I got involved in an organization called Young Life in ministry. I was doing work for Pfizer, the pharmaceutical company, but I started volunteering with this organization called Young Life. And that's when I met Mike Olson. It was about 1995. So about 21 years ago, And um, just really got captivated by serving and seeing kids come to know Jesus, come to know the Lord, and also having this great community of Young Life leaders that were volunteers in the Arcadia area. That's where we lived, and that's where we did ministry at Arcadia High School. And and, um, I actually then got into... Uh, out of business and into an associate pastor or executive pastor role at Living Streams Church in 2006. We started Living Streams Arcadia, my wife Susan and I, Living Streams Arcadia in the Arcadia area of Phoenix in 2011, so a little over five years ago. And now I'm actually on staff with Young Life in a regional role, which is the state of Arizona. And so that's how I got to this place today. And Tom Brown's a good friend of both of ours. But Mike, I met you 21 years ago. I actually remember the first time I met you was, um, and you had sunglasses on and we were indoors. And I thought, who is this cool cat? (laughs) Was I fully dressed? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm just kidding. 21 (laughs) years ago. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It seems like uh, just yesterday. And yet it seems quite a long time ago. Um, I think I was in my second year of uh, young life. I started a little bit later in life. Um, I think uh, I was kind of a wild guy until about 26, seven years old. 
and uh, really just fell in love with the opportunity. I, I could uh, be a kid and lead kids and and uh, work with this uh, with this outreach called Young Life and. Uh, and it, like you said, Lance, it's great. We had so much fun, just the, the comedy and the jokes, but getting serious with the kids. And you became a great friend of mine, and I think we did about eight years together before uh, you retired. <laughs> now yeah. you're my boss, maybe. <laughs> okay, so, um, Mike, here's a question I want to ask you. Don't answer it yet because we'll get to it after the break. We're going to take a break here in just a second. But um, first of all, if you would like to have any superpower, what superpower would that be? Think about that for a minute. And because um, I think this will be an interesting, interesting answer from the international man of mystery that you are. So we'll be right back. This is Lance Rahoff filling in for Tom Brown on Faith Talk 1360. Stay with us. Got a lot planned for this afternoon. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. This is Lance Raha filling in for Tom Brown on Faith Talk 1360 today. We welcome you to Quanania, which Quanania, the name itself in the Greek means community. And we are made for community. The Lord made us for community. And it's fun to do life in community. It's fun to follow Jesus in community as well. I'm here with my special guest, Mike Olson, who Mike Olson uh, and I go a long way back, and we've been doing uh, Young Life, which is a youth ministry throughout the throughout the nations. Now it's over a hundred nations. It's been around for about seventy six years. It started in nineteen forty in Texas, in the Dallas area, when a guy named Jim Rayburn um, he saw. Well, there was actually a pastor at this church that said, "Hey, Jim, will you come over? Our youth are really bored." Like in church, in the main service, there really isn't anything for youth specifically. And uh, there's this phrase kind of tied in with Jim where he said, you know, it's a sin to bore, the, bore a kid with the gospel. And the gospel should be one of the most exciting things that we can live out in our life, which is relationship with Jesus, which is a supernatural life, really. It's beyond the natural because we get touched deeply by what the Lord's doing. He transforms our mind, our life, and we have this new journey. And so Jim Rayburn said, well, let's start meeting on a different night and let's have some, some relevant topics and songs and we'll make we'll make things relevant to their lives we'll meet them where they are we'll go out to where they are we'll have some songs that they like to sing we'll have some funny skits we'll do we'll interact with some kids we'll break down those walls that are built up in between kids and leaders and that kind of thing and and we'll love them really well at the end we'll give like a 10 or 15 minute talk about who jesus is and their birth young life and then that was 76 years ago and like i say it's all over the country and so that's where I met Mike Olson 21 years ago, we were up at a leader weekend here in Arizona with all these Young Life leaders, and I met him, and, and Mike's with me right now. The question I asked right before the break was, Mike, if you could have any superpower, what would it be and why? All right. Well, it's a very easy question for me, and it's going to sound uh, like uh, a bunch of fluff, but I wish I had the power to heal like Jesus healed, and I'll tell you, I, I'm a crybaby, and, I, and I'll... I'll see someone that's that's handicapped or I'll see someone that's maybe got, you know, a, 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 a mental issue on the street. And I just wish that I could just reach my hand out and just touch them and just heal them. I, I, I felt so blessed. And so I just really get moved in that area. And so if I had that one superpower, I would love to be able to, to heal the, yeah. the physically yeah. broken. Oh, man, it just opened up a whole other area of discussion that we could go in today. Uh, well, that's awesome. First of all, let me just ask you this question. Let's just go straight into that since you just brought it up. Is um, you believe Jesus still heals today? Oh, I totally believe Jesus heals. The, the power of prayer is unbelievable. I've seen it 
in my own life, um, my 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 wife of thirty plus years, um, Anastasia, uh, went through a uh, a really bad cancer illness. Uh, it's been about thirteen years ago, and we had some bad news, and then we would get some good news. And I could just tell you, we had a community praying. Um, our church, uh, the whole Arcadia community that was at Living Streams, uh, a lot of friends, a lot of family, and and you know my wife was uh, healed 100. Um, percent And so I've seen it my own life. Yeah. You know. Okay. So here's the question I have for you. So let me just put a couple of pieces together. So the Lord still heals today, and most people, most people who are following Jesus would go, Yeah, I believe that the Lord heals. I think the question is, is that you, as a follower of Jesus, just like the disciples as followers of Jesus who are with Jesus. Um, there was this one story in the Bible, right, where where um, Jesus tells his disciples, and his disciples said, hey, you go speak to the mountain to move the mountain. And the mountain could be anything. The mountain could be the, a challenge in our life. It could be a sickness. It could be a lot of different things that are reference a mountain. But you go speak to the mountain, um, and you tell it to be uprooted and thrown into the sea. You tell it to move and that you can move mountains in that that we're going to have this Holy Spirit, which we do. We have his Holy Spirit who lives in us, um, who empowers us to live out a supernatural life, right? Right. Okay. So let me just ask you this, Mike, is when you come, when somebody needs healing for sickness or, um, or someone's sick or, hey, let's just say any kind of thing that's going on in their life, let's just leave it with physical ailments right now. So how do you approach that as a believer, as a guy who cares deeply about people, who wants the superpower of healing? Um, how, do you, how do you approach somebody? I would just tell them that um, personally that I'm there for them and that I'm praying for them. You know, the Bible says we're two or more gathered in my name. You know, amazing things can happen. And, and my wife and I try to make a ritual of uh, not a ritual, but just a, a habit of um, praying in the morning. Sometimes it gets a little bit uh, chopped up with the busy schedule. But when the two of us do pray together um, for our friends, for our family, for people in need, for our own needs, uh, I really feel, um, I, I, I just feel a tighter connection with the Holy Spirit. Um, when I'm trying to do it on my own, it's easy to get lost and just feel like, you know, the worries of the world and today and everything I got going on in life, I just kind of get, you know, soaked in there and uh, washed out. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, I love it that you pray with your wife. You know, one of the things that I remember going on a men's retreat a few years ago, and there are all these great guys there on this retreat. And we started talking, and it was kind of like you have their small group in your cabin, and maybe there were 10 or 12 of us, and we got to that vulnerable place, which is great, on a men's retreat, and where you're starting to feel like you can, hey, I, you know, hey, I'm not perfect, guys. Here's all the ways I messed up and those kind of things. And you start to get real and just go, how, and you see how much you need Jesus. But one of the things that I was really amazed was how few men pray with their wives and how they're great guys. They're following Jesus. They love the Lord and they pray. But when it comes to praying with their wives, and I just love hearing you say that, and you and Stacy have had such a, a crazy relationship. How many years have y'all been married? Uh, it's been over 30 years. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. She's amazing. And I just love it because I've all the time I've known you, I've always known you guys to be a powerful couple in prayer. 
You guys really do. Stacy is the prayer warrior. She has to bake me most mornings if we even get to it. I'll be honest there. Um, and I appreciate her for that. But, uh, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a habit I need to do daily, and it's so easy to get off track. I travel so much, and I just love when Stacy ropes me in, and, uh, and, and th- I don't leave the house until we do that. But, you know, the mor- there's a lot of mornings where I'm out, and that's when uh, the day seems the most hectic. Yeah, for sure. And you know what, Mike, you're involved in a lot of different things. So as a businessman, you have a company that's based in. So I have a company called uh, uh, Olson Precast Company. Uh, we have a few subsidiaries. We have a division in Tucson. Our corporate headquarters is in Las Vegas, Nevada. And we have a division in uh, Southern California. Yeah. And you have a couple of kids. I have two awesome kids. They're, uh, in fact, I just got a huge pay raise this May. Uh, both my kids, they're twins, uh, Jack Olson <laughs> and Alexis Olson. Uh, my daughter graduated from Ohio State May 7th, and my son graduated from Brown University, I think it was about May 27th. Um, and so it's just been awesome. They're 22. They still feel like my little kids, but they're young adults, and it's it's getting hard to, to let them go. But, uh, yeah, I've been very blessed with, with two awesome kids. Yeah, they are amazing. And uh, you're right. You did get a pay raise. Yeah, I got a big pay raise. <laughs> That's great. Well, hey, um, have you been watching the Olympics? Of course. <laughs> really? What's your favorite thing to watch? I don't know. I, I love the um, probably the synchronized swimming and I love the girls that do the baton little uh, streamer things, whatever that's called. But uh, besides those two events, uh, I, I got done watching uh, USA lose today to Spain in men's volleyball. And uh, that was a bummer. But I did watch our water polo team finally get a win, and they beat France. So, you know, it's one of those things. It's a no-brainer. You turn it on. You see the best athletes in the world competing, and it's kind of fun, even if it is synchronized swimming. (laughs) 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 Which you know I tried to do. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I know. Um, Hey, well, did you watch any of Phelps and the relay teams or those guys or the gymnastics last night? You know, I saw the highlight of Phelps, and what an amazing, amazing athlete. Um, talk about his uh, just his vulnerability. I I wasn't a big Michael Phelps fan until he he actually got real and shared his life, and I I think it's amazing. Um, you see people on a on a pedestal like that, you know, getting gold medals, and so many people think that you know their life's perfect, and just the fact that he shared some of what he was going through and just I think he can speak to so many young people in in our world, and um, it was great to see him back up on the uh, on the medal stand there with the gold. Yeah. Yeah. And there's an article I read in Relevant magazine uh, yesterday that talked to they had an interview with him where they, uh, you know, he shared about, hey, you know, after uh, I think it was after 2008 Olympics, you know, he was caught in a picture, I think, smoking a bong. And uh, then later medicinal. (laughs) Yes, it was. And so uh, then also he. Uh, he got a DUI and, you know, his life kind of, you know, you think about it. He's got all these gold medals. He's got this fame. He's got the accolades. He's got it all. Right. But he says in this interview how he went down to this point of actually considering suicide because he didn't think there's two things he said. He said one is I didn't think that um, I could rebound from what the perception now of me. And then the other he said is maybe I was predisposed to making poor choices. Which I thought, wow, if that's not straight from the enemy, 
to say you're not worthy, like, you know, no, you, you can't come back from this. And the other is, is, hey, you know, this is probably who you are. And and in the article it says Ray Lewis, who's had his own problems, who's with Baltimore as a football player. And Ray Lewis gives him the purpose driven life. Which is amazing. And he reads it, and he's like, wow, this is exactly what I need. And the Lord uses that, and he's like, I do have purpose, and there is a God who knows me and all of that. And I, and the reason I even bring up sport right here, Mike, is because you're one of those guys. One is you love sports. You're passionate about it, and you're a coach. And your coach right now, the head coach of Coronado High School uh, in South Scottsdale. And how did you get to that place to be coach? Well, I've had a passion for coaching um, for my whole life. In fact, I started um, at Arcadia really to do contact work as a volunteer coach because I started a little bit older. I think I was uh, 26 or 7 when I became a Young Life leader, and you feel kind of, uh, you know, you can feel like a big dork walking on campus going, hey, kid, you want to come to Young Life? And, you know, they look at you like you're from outer space, but when you have, when you're coaching, you have that title, and it, um, you know, kids will buy in. And um, so I really dove into coaching uh, there. And then I met uh, Coach Ron Esterbrook from Chaparral High School, who is the coach that turned that school into what it is today. We became great friends. Um, he hired me basically on the spot. Um, and I hear the music. So we'll, uh, oh, I don't hear the music. I hear music. I'm just one of those guys. <laughs> Sometimes I bust out and dance. It's all right. It's okay. You hear music. You just have some time to finish your thought. Very good. And then uh, I ended up uh, going, leaving Chaparral for some reasons after a nice tenure there. I went to Calback High School. Um, I really love working with the less fortunate. Um, and I've had my eye on Coronado. I actually did Young Life six years at Coronado. I was coaching at Chaparral. Had my eye on that job. Have a great group of guys I'd like to talk about when we come back that um, that we all kind of have the same vision for what we're doing. And it's not easy, but uh, very blessed. And, uh, yeah, so um, we're the we're the staff at Coronado. All right, that's great. Well, hey, we'll be right back in just a minute. This is Lance Rahoff filling in for Tom Brown. We're with Mike Olson. And stay tuned. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. This is Lance Rahoff with Faith Talk 1360. I'm filling in for Tom Brown today, and my guest is Mike Olson, who is a successful businessman, who's a family man. He's married. He has a couple of kids that just graduated college. He also is the head football coach of Coronado High School in Scottsdale. And, uh, Mike, before we get to that, just another little question. This is why we find out things about people here. If you could spend the day with one person in history, and I'm just going to throw out Jesus because, you know, I don't want you to be, you know, just go, oh, I'll spend the day with Jesus. If you could spend the day with anyone in history outside of Jesus, who would it be and why? Okay. Outside of uh, Jesus, who would it be and why? Um, well, it would probably be, it's got to be someone that can, can work some miracles. So I would say <laughs> it would be Paul, and I'll tell you why. He'd probably bore me to death, uh, but the good news is is that he he could come to my practice and turn my kids into the best football players ever. I believe it. He had the faith to do that. So that's probably it. You put me on the spot there. There's a number of people yeah. I would want to hang out with. In fact, uh, you know, but uh, yeah, it'd be kind of cool just to see someone like Paul. Maybe even King David would be totally awesome. It would be awesome. Oh, my gosh. Um 
So there, there, there's, there's a few guys. Hey, there's there. a big list there. I just thought I'd throw <laughs> that one out to you. <laughs> but, uh, um, hey, I do want to talk to you about coaching. And, like, you're doing this, you, you know, in today's world of this whole separation of church and state kind of thing, right? I mean, campuses have changed a lot. High school campuses, when I was a Young Life leader and started out, we could come on to the Arcadia High School campus or really any campus around town. We could come on to the campus. We could bring kids lunch. Um, we didn't have to check in or anything like this, right? I mean, we just kind of had free reign. As a matter of fact, you and I would meet at lunchtime over there, and we'd invite kids to come to Young Life on Monday nights and hang out. And it, it seemed great and easy, and, uh, and you know, kids weren't worried. I mean, they might have been a little worried. What, you know, hey, what are these single guys doing? But but the reality was is our intentions were, hey, we just want to make connections with kids, invite them to Young Life, and um, and then Columbine actually changed that. Columbine in Colorado, when that happened, campuses became closed all over the place, like really quickly, which made sense that, Absolutely. hey, you got to check in when you're coming. And not, so that obviously is a good thing. And safety for our kids is super important. Um, but it changed kind of the way we did ministry and just connected with kids. But the Lord's so good. He just, you know, we don't, uh, those kind of things don't discourage us. We just go, okay, Lord, well, what do you want to do? Because you want to reach every kid for Christ, just like, um, just that's our heart too. And so now you're in this place where you're on campus with kids as the football coach, and you're also in a ministry role. So how does that all work for you? All right. Well, that was kind of our plan. So, um, First of all, a uh, couple of the guys that uh, that that I coach with, um, we all share the same faith. Um, in fact, Rick Wilson, who is my offensive coordinator, is the uh, associate uh, area or state director of Young Life, I believe, is his title. Um, he's been involved with Young Life Ministry and on staff for about forty years. This is my twenty fourth or fifth year, I think, now, Lance, of volunteer leadership. So. There are 65 years of experience there. My defensive coordinator, Craig Vessling, uh, we go to Living Streams. His wife and my wife are great friends. Um, one new coach that we uh, we picked up this year is uh, Jeff Harper, came down from Desert Mountain. Um, that's Harper's Nursery. Um, great guy. They've been in the Valley forever. Um, and, uh, and I'll tell you, best plants I've ever seen, but uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Anyways. Um, and then, uh, and then Scott Gilbreth, who's on uh, Scott Scott Gilbreth, we call him Gibby. Uh, he's actually on committee for Scottsdale Young Life. So we all came together a couple of years ago and said, "Hey, let's make a difference." And we chose Coronado. Basically, it's one of the poorest high schools in the state. It um, it's about seventy five percent reduced fee lunch, which means seventy five percent of our student population parents make eighteen thousand dollars a year or less. Um, we're 60% Hispanic, about 8% African-American, 30% everything else mixed in there. Um, so there's a big need there. And that was kind of our goal and our focus was to use football um, to kind of change a culture. And then with our ministry, as we connect to kids, um, kids will follow. You know, they'll follow a coach. Um, and so we invite kids. Um, you always have to Watch that separation of church and state, I guess. I really don't, but I guess I'm told I'm supposed to. But uh, we have an awesome Young Life Club. Uh, we have a great leadership team. We, st- we went back to lunch clubs on Mondays. We'll have about 75 kids that are getting pies in the face. And, so what's a and, lunch club? You just kind of threw that one out there. Um, instead of meeting on a Monday night and having a typical um, Young Life Club, 
um, because our, a lot of our kids don't have cars and and uh, they got to take buses. Uh, we bring club to the school, so we have a great administration. We're a club there. We're allowed to do uh, club, so we do club Mondays at lunch. We bring pizzas, and we have just some zany, wacky. Uh, uh, experiences and then uh, a different leader shares a little bit about uh, their their own lives as it pertains uh, to their relationship with Jesus and they get to hear a little bit about Jesus and it's totally volunteer for the kids um, but of a school of about a thousand students uh, we'll have about a hundred kids every Monday so it's amazing and being able to do not only young life but be able to coach with some some guys um, that I'm able to coach with we're all dads that's the great thing every every one of those guys I name we, our kids have graduated college or high school I think Rick's a granddad I uh, or a grandpa um, so we've all been there and now these kids are our kids and it uh, it's not easy but uh, if you know we tell them we love them constantly um, and uh, we try to just uh, you know, instill character and everything that we can. Um, and honestly, it's it's hard sometimes um, because, you know, it's hard for us sometimes to change 16, 17 years of bad parenting. I hate to say it, but it's out there. And uh, But we're just loving these kids right where they're at. Yeah, well, I'm sure that you become a father figure, as all your other coaches do in so many ways to these guys out on the football field. What would you say that in your particular demographics at, at uh, Coronado – what would be like the biggest challenges facing the the guys that you're coaching? You know, really, I I, I think it's there's a couple. Um, one is their identity and their self worth. I think that these kids have a sense of hopelessness, and so a lot of them, not all of them, but they're they're it's too easy for them to throw the towel in in life and not work hard. Football is an amazing microcosm for that because it is the hardest sport, and it's a grind, and we work so hard. And so the life lessons that come out of what we put into practice and on the field, they can be applied the rest of your life. And then just dealing with kids that that are always looking up. We're the poorest school in the Scottsdale School District. We're looking up to kids at the other schools, Arcadia Chaparrales, those schools where kids are driving Beamers and, you know, whatever else they're driving. And I, I so I think there's a sense of, 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 of hopelessness. Um, and I think that um, so a lot of times their identity identities will be wrapped up in in, in being cool or, or or, you know, and so like. Uh, academics become secondary and that's probably our biggest challenge is to impress upon these kids to maintain academic excellence because I'm a firm believer I don't care if you're voting left or right I see it I've been involved with the school districts now for 18 years and the biggest problem that we have as Americans is the lack of education and we just we're turning out kids that aren't educated and and that's a sad thing and so if we can grab a hold of some of these kids and 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 instill that sense of um self accomplishment um and and they can exceed in the classroom and and we, we I think we put five kids into college out of our seventeen seniors last year um off our football team uh full ride scholarships those kids can come back into their own communities and and, and change you know hundreds versus some fifty four year old you know white guy like me that's 
you know, out there, you know, trying to hang out and, and set an example. So that's what I think drives us as coaches. And we want to win. I mean, there's no doubt about it. we love coaching football. Um, our numbers are a little thin. We've got some great athletes, but we work our butts off yeah. to put these kids in a position to win. Yeah. You know, one of the things about, you know, I think a lot of people think about Scottsdale. When you hear Scottsdale, you think, oh, that's the place where all the money is. But the reality is in South Scottsdale, where Coronado is, is it's really not. I mean, you have other Arcadia, Chaparral, Suaro, you know, you know, all you have these other schools up there that um, there's probably a bigger financial influence that impacts not only sport, but just, uh, you know, band, theater. I mean, you can kind of go down down the road of it because now you have the, all these tax credits that families can give money and get a tax credit for for different kind of things that go on in the school. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So a Coronado, based on what you're telling me here and, and kind of the demographics, you probably don't have that influx of finances like they might at other schools. No. If you if you listen to my point, when 75 percent of your your households make a combined right. income of 18,000, I mean, I and some of these, you know, it's three, four siblings in a family. I honestly don't know how they do it. Yeah, how do you guys do it with your your own equipment and all of that? I mean, I you know because the other day I was talking to someone who's just saying that uh, you know you guys on the football team. One is your numbers are a little thin as far as the number of guys out. What would be a typical football squad like a not maybe the best as far as numbers, but like an ideal need for the amount of guys out on a football team. You know, coaches. So I'm not complaining because we, 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 the athletes we have out there are, are, are darn good. But you know, if you had 40 to 50 varsity and 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 35 to 45 JV, and you know, another maybe 45 to 50 freshmen, you're going to lose some kids through attrition. But you know, if you had those kind of numbers, you can work with that. You can you can turn men that might not be as athletic when they come in as freshmen into athletes by the time they're a senior. They can learn the great game of football and really contribute on the field. Uh, we have 55 total. Uh, we we're the smallest school in our division for no complaints. So we we've got the powerhouse Saguaro there, but yeah. we're not Saguaro. You know, we're we're different. We know that, but. Um, but we have about as many kids in our program for JV and varsity that a lot of teams have just for their varsity. Yeah. And so that, that's a, that's an uphill battle, but, um, but we're embracing it. Yeah. So what do you guys, how do you guys mix in like, for instance, before the game or after practice or whatever, like, is there a faith aspect in this? Because this is the part that's kind of challenging. I know for coaches to juggle is, um, Hey, you're getting to know these kids lives. You know what's going on in their families. You know what's going on outside of the classroom, outside of the football field, right, too. Like, this is real-life stuff, and you're like a father figure. How do you approach that with a kid when it comes to, like, your faith? Like, where do you go with all that? You know, we listen. Um, We get to know our kids. We build a relationship. We earn that right to be heard. We love on our kids. And I think that we can speak truth. I think that the majority of my coaches on my staff have earned the right to speak truth into these kids. So we don't sugarcoat things always. Um, Sometimes we'll flat out call it what it is. Um, At the same time, we'll get down on our knees and pray with a kid if they they want prayer. Um, You know, we we have about... uh, 35 kids every Thursday night, 35 to 40 kids in our house. Um, we're feeding them. A lot of them are my football team, and uh, and we're, we're studying the Bible, and we're learning about real-life issues. Yeah, that's really great. Well, hey, Mike, thanks for being with us. We're coming back for another segment. This is Lance Rahoff filling in for Tom Brown. we got Mike Olson with us, and stay with us. This- 
everyone, this is Lance Rahoff. I'm filling in for Tom Brown today, and uh, with me is Mike Olson. Uh, we've been talking to Mike. Mike is businessman. He's um, the head coach of Coronado High School as well in football. He's a long time, like 24 years, being a young life leader here in the Scottsdale area, um, connecting with kids. And he also is a fabulous husband to Stacy Olson, has two wonderful kids. And one of the things, Mike, this is what I've known about you guys for a long time, is you really do open up your house to people to come in, uh, which I think is, is fantastic because um, your place is so welcoming. You, you want people to come in. You want them to feel free. But really, why do you invite people into your house and kind of what's going on right now? Because at the end of our last segment, you had talked about you have a lot of these kids that you're coaching in football as well as other kids at Coronado High School over on what, Thursday nights? Thursday nights, yeah, it's our campaigner night. Um, well, I'll tell you. So we, we've always been pretty open and and everything, but um, a number of years ago uh, when the recession hit, I remember uh, thinking, uh, wow, I could lose everything. And then I start thinking, you know, you can't take anything with you. It's so true. So uh, so it's like just if if we can bless people, uh, feeding them dinner, uh, coming over, having a great time, uh, playing some games, if it's pool or ping pong, and kids just getting away from, uh, you know, their their surroundings or wherever they need to get away from and just have some fellowship. It's like, yeah, we um, – it, it's like I, I just learned to be free with stuff quite a while ago. And, and I, I, I think when you – when you when you become free with stuff, you're not chained by it. So if you were to lose it, ah, you know, it's like, hey, I had it. It was great. Um, I'm not married to anything. I mean, if I die tomorrow, you know, in a year or two, some other guy marries my wife and moves into my big house. I'm, I'm not taking her or, or my house with me. Oh, oh so, you know, so it's like, why not? And uh, hey, quit laughing. But it's true. And so just being free with your gifts, I, I am a firm believer. I am one of the craziest, um, you know, like I, I pray the sinner's prayer every day. I'm, I'm a nutcase. I, I, I'm crazy. I get so much grace. Um, but the one thing I know um, is when you give, you receive. And it's such a hard concept for people to figure out in their life. But it's the one thing in my life that I know that we are you're blessed so much and so it's almost kind of fun um in a way sometimes you don't have something to give and you find a way to make a pledge or you give something and uh and and god just works i've got just some most amazing stories if i we don't have enough time to even talk about um that uh were just things were provided for that was like there was no way that that was you know wasn't coincidence it was totally god and so yeah we love having people at the house we love doing young life. I, um, you know, I'm a crazy little bit of a leader. I, um, I, I, I love the comedy side that I can do in a young life club and, and the skit side and everything. I had a really good friend who's still a volunteer leader. Her name's Kathy Mason in town. And, and I, I did, as you did, we both did leadership with her for about 10 years. I think I have the record for doing it with her, but you know, Kathy is like one of my best friends, my sister in Christ, and she was more of a rule person. So, you know, it was like, you know, so we, we were just such counterbalance. Uh, it was great. And she really taught me, her and her husband, Dick Mason, with their generosity and what I saw them do, um, uh, just giving their lives away with, with four young boys, 
giving their lives away to to kids for their whole life it really meant a lot to me and and it and it, it they they still i mean it's just some uh, it's a couple i look up to and and i hope i learned a lot from them yeah no the same for us and i think what you're hitting on is that someone Someone exemplified for you is that, hey, we're going to live our life generously. We're going to open up our house. We're going to have people come in. We realize when you invite a group of high school kids into your house, you can't expect that everything is always going to go perfect. It's going to be clean. It's going to nothing's going to ever break or somebody's not going to be saying something around your kids that they shouldn't be saying. I mean, there's what I'm saying is when you invite a whole group of people in, um, it can get a little messy. It gets messy. Uh, it, it would bug me sometimes because I would think it was disrespect when I was younger. And I just realized they're kids. You know, there's times where I remember a big kid from Camelback. His, we'll just say his name was Isaiah. He runs <laughs> He runs and jumps. This is like seven years ago. He runs and jumps on my ping pong table and just bust it. And, I mean, I came unglued in front of the whole group, and I said, Isaiah, I know your grandma, and if you did anything like that in your house, she would whip your butt. I mean, seriously. And uh, so sometimes, you know, you got to, you know, have a little bit of the discipline. But the, 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 the getting things messed up and dirty, hey, it's kids, and you know what? I just learned to be free with it, and I think I've gotten a lot better. My, my wife might tell you something different, but I think I've gotten pretty good at it. Yeah, so like you called it campaigners on Thursday nights. So this is a group. So so what you have is you're coaching the kids, and you might even be out with them on a Thursday afternoon on the football field. Yeah, we are. Pr- practicing, and then you're like, hey, anybody wants to come over to our house tonight? We're going to have dinner. Yep. We're going to have, what, is it a Bible study? It's, it's a Bible study, a little bit of uh, some fellowship. We'll have pizzas and uh and then uh we'll go down into the basement and uh and we might have a couple worship songs and then one of the leaders just kind of brings uh part of the bible to life that we feel um uh, these kids can learn from and uh, we just kind of share and pray for each other and it's awesome yeah try try to get them out of there by nine because i'm usually flying out the next day so you know it's like okay it's good yeah mike seriously you're one of the busiest guys that i've ever known and even this is what i also know about you we call it contact work in young life right contact work is simply making contact with kids that can be text phone going on to campus at some time taking a kid out to zoeo yogurt or whatever it is and and just contact work is making connections to to build relationship you're one of the the masters of that in my opinion and one of the things i remember is not only are you doing in fiscal it's like every time you get in your car you'd be on the phone calling a kid always talking to kids and and touching base with them and that they really knew you loved them and one of the things that i'll just share do you remember i say that tongue-in-cheek obviously you remember that uh we bought a boat together yes so it was the best ever and and and, and we did bible studies on like so what we decided was that we were going to buy a boat together and uh, we bought a cool boat too. We bought cobalt. we bought a new Cobalt 220. It was awesome. It was 22 foot Cobalt. We could have like nine kids in the boat and pull a skier too. Yep. And I mean, it was a beast, and it was a great boat. And I remember us going out there because the boat that you had before, I remember the key was if you're going to get up slalom skiing, you had to be able to hold your breath for like 20 seconds before you could get on top of the water. So true. <laughs> that had no power. Little 18 foot Chris Craft outboard, no power. <laughs> no power. So. Um, but we bought this boat, and the, and the reason we dearly did buy the boat, people would always say, you didn't buy that boat just to do ministry. But the reality was is we bought this boat to do ministry. Yes, we, we bought did. it to take kids out to Swarrow Lake on Monday mornings 
I remember 6 a.m. Monday mornings, and the and the key was we'd bring a, some Bibles, and then we'd hand the kids Bibles because these are kids that typically weren't ever in church. Um, maybe some kids that didn't want didn't come to Young Life on Monday nights, or certainly didn't come to campaigners on Thursday, but they were all about going out and jumping off the cliffs and tubing. Oh yeah. So you remember some of those stories? Oh, we had some great stories and uh, just some some great times, and the kids just loved it. And uh, that oh, that's great memories. Right yeah. There, like. But here's the thing: is uh, you know, I think what we're hitting at is all of this is about relationship. Absolutely. By, and and uh, when kids feel like they're known, I mean, that's really all of us. We want to be known and, and to know, right? I mean, like to be in relationship. One is to know the Father, to know the Father's heart. And, Mark, Mike, what I hear, like just in all this, whether it was Bible studies on the dock and then getting crazy with tubes. And um, and now that I think about it, that was pretty crazy stuff on the lake with tube wars and all those kind of things. But it was in kind of some of those extreme moments where kids were skipping across the water at 40 miles an hour and, and thinking like, oh, I guess somebody could have gotten hurt there. But then they would get up and they'd be like, that was awesome. Let's do it again. You know, is that what happened is on the car ride back home, those kids wanted to talk about life and anything else we wanted to talk about. Absolutely. And we had their attention and. And they knew we cared about them. They knew that we loved them. We weren't just two older geeks hanging out because we didn't have any regular friends. And uh, I think they really felt comfortable to share, um, you know, their life and uh, with us. And uh, so, yeah, it's a, it, it was it's, it is a blessing, and it's an honor and a privilege when when a, when when a young um, kid uh, looks up to you like that and and and. Really, you have a connection with them because, like you said, life is about relationships. So, you know, when you look at like influences on on kids growing up. Right. So mom and dad have an influence, clearly. But um, some kids don't have a dad. Some kids don't have a mom. Some kids don't have a dad and a mom. Maybe they're being raised by uh, a relative or friend or whatever. I mean, not everyone is in the same situation, clearly. And and when we think as number three right there on that list of influence is a youth pastor or a youth leader, a male or female youth leader, as as most important influence in a kid's life growing up. It's pretty crazy. Like any of these statistics or these surveys that they do is this has. So really what we're saying is Mike and assistant coaches, young life leaders, youth leaders and churches, all this, your influence um, is powerful. It's huge. As a matter of fact, I mean, I, I just ask you, now you've done this for 24 years, how many kids come back to you like later in the years now that they get married or, or maybe they don't, you know, they have kids, they have all these different life things that go on. How many of these kids come back to you and keep in touch? You know, it's, it's, it's just, it's a blessing because it, uh, you know, I'll be walking with my wife and, and, you know, we'll be talking about, wow, this is just tiring or, you know, how long are you going to keep coaching? And time after time, some kid comes up and he's like, coach, oh, coach, you know, and he, do you remember? And you always got to fake like, you know, who they were, even if you forget, because, you know, <laughs> and it's like, man, coach, you believed in me and I loved young life. And you just never know the seeds that you're going to plant. They don't always sprout right away. And so I would just want to encourage everyone out there that that has a, has a sphere of influence in, in a young uh, person's life that you may plant seeds today that don't sprout and grow for 15 or 20 years. Um, it's all God's timing, and we have to trust that, uh, you know, what, that God's using us, whether we're just laborers. You know, I love where the Bible says the harvest is ripe and the labors are few. I'm a labor, Lance. I'm nothing more than that. Um, and, uh, you know, it's 
that's what I feel. Um, that's my calling. Uh, I, you know, I know what my role is, um, and I know we're few. So I would just encourage uh, everyone out there um, to uh, to keep building relationships and and realizing that um, you know, share your faith through things, whether it's coaching or your work or anything with anybody especially the youth, um, can pay dividends in the future. Yeah, for sure. Well, hey, when we come back, we'll just wrap things up here in just a minute. Um, and when we do come back, I'd like to ask you, Mike, you started a foundation. I think it's called, is it Break the Chains? No, it's, it's called the MVP <laughs> Leadership Academy. It's me and my boy Ron Wolfley and a couple other guys, and I would love to tell you about it. Break the Chain was another one, and uh, we, we broke that chain. But Yeah, we're... okay. No, that's good. Well, we're going to talk about that and come back because that's crazy cool stuff that's going on there, how the Lord's directed that. And uh, this is Lance Rahoff. I'm filling in for Tom Brown. Mike Olson's our guest today. Come back and uh, finish this segment off with us. Everyone, this is Lance Rahoff, um, filling in for Tom Brown on KPXQ 1360, Faith Talk 1360. And I'm with Mike Olson, and we've had a great discussion today, Mike. One really quick thing is that you have a foundation. Kind of just let me know what's going on with that. Okay, so real quick, um, it morphed from a celebrity fishing tournament in Cabo that we used to have uh, one of the Diamondbacks kind of head up. It's now called the MVP Leadership Academy, and basically... Um, Ron Wolfley is our, is our face person, great brother, great brother in Christ. Um, and, uh, we have an amazing board. Um, it's not a Christian foundation, but what it is, is we're reaching sixth, seventh and eighth grade kids that are in at risk situations. We target schools, um, that have the high, uh, um, reduced fee lunch, like we have at Coronado, where we take these kids to a camp for a weekend, um, it's, it uses a teaching tool. We try to instill honor, integrity, and characters. It relates to the classroom. It could be the football field, home, family. And uh, we do it in a fun, positive way. We kind of mirror young life. But, again, we're secular, so um, that's what that is. But it is amazing. We took almost 400 boys from the Valley last year. So if anyone out there would love to check it out, it's mvpfoundation.org. That's mvpfoundation.org. Um and or you could Facebook me up. I think my Facebook's Mike Ole Olson. Um, I'm wearing a cop uniform on my profile. Yeah. Olson is O L S O N. O L S O N, not E N. Yeah. Hey, Mike, that's awesome. And there's been so much. I mean, here's the thing: is the Lord's just directed your steps. I mean, your whole life. That's all of us, right? And it's been really cool to see what He's done in your heart, in your life. And I love it. You're a humble guy. Well, I You're appreciate guy. you having me on, Lance. This and, has been fun. And I want to pray for you before we get off because. I I think I love it. The, the power of prayer. And here's the thing is, um, I'm just going to go ahead and speak this out. The superpower that you wanted, uh, the power to heal uh, like Jesus did. Well, here's what I'd say is let's, uh, God's so good uh, when we bring our heart, our humble hearts before him and say, Lord, like, um, you know, like, would you show me like what you want to do in that? And I believe that you're going to be laying hands on people and people are going to be getting healed. And, and maybe that doesn't happen every time, right? Like it did with Jesus. But, but the reality is you have his Holy Spirit. And I just love your heart to see kids raised up. Thank you. Lance. And know Jesus. So Lord, pray that blessing over Mike today and the other coaches over their, their school year and all of these kids who get touched by your spirit, Lord, how you draw them in. You're so good. So we just thank you, Lord, for your goodness over our life. Hey, this is Lance Rahoff filling in for Tom Brown. We'll see you next time.